Welcome to our podcast series, Women to Women. Our guest today is Dr. Shailaja Dixit, CEO of Curio Therapeutics. Dr. Dixit is a physician executive with more than 20 years of experience in healthcare and life sciences industry. She has had leadership roles at Sanofi, Allergan, and GE, and has been responsible for launching a number of innovative medications. She was voted Innovator of the Year at GE in 2008, Top 50 Thought Leader in Big Data in Life Sciences in 2016, and also featured in the Pharma Executive Magazine cover page article, Real World Evidence from Volume to Value in 2016. Hi, Shailaja. It's so wonderful to have you on the podcast today as our guest. Thank you, Devi, for inviting me. Really appreciate it. I'm so delighted to be here. Let's get to know you a little bit. If you can tell us a few things about you, which are not very widely known. Mm, okay. Most of the friends know me very, very well, but there are a few things uh, which maybe I have not shared very widely. Um, I, besides loving to cook, uh, you know, I, I am also a trained dancer, uh, you know, Indian classical dance. But one thing which many people don't know is before I decided to become a physician, I really wanted to uh, become actually tea taster. Okay. Uh, I used to love, uh, I started liking, I developed love for teas like uh, Darjeeling, Assam and all different kinds when I was in my 10th grade. And I thought this is like how cool a profession that would be if I become like a tea taster. So you listen about, you, you, you hear about wine tasting, but I wanted to become a tea taster. But very soon my dad said, you know, um, probably you can do something more with your life than there are not many varieties out there. So anyways, here I am. That's amazing. From tea taster to a doctor, <laughs> quite a journey. <laughs> so you specialize um, in mental health. Yeah. So actually, you know, it, um, my, my medical specialty is not mental health. Uh, you know, my, I'm a, so my specialization is actually in uh, family medicine. You know, I did do a surgery also back in India. Uh, but the reason I moved on into actually it was a journey to where I am. Uh, I have been involved in neurology and I got a very fabulous opportunity to be involved in many, many uh, mental health. Uh, product launches in, in North America as well as globally uh, for depression, for bipolar, for schizophrenia. It was very clear to me from there on that when we are looking at mental health, we actually need to think about mental health and population categories and how mental health and women is different from uh, mental health and overall population. And that's why where I am today, you know, thinking about and focusing on women's mental health. So not as a trained, um, you know, mental health specialist, but or behavioral health specialist rather, but just a way of being in this area and figuring out that there is a huge unmet need that needs focus. So women is definitely a very close topic to our heart. We are all passionate about it. What are some of the things that you have found in terms of um, women's mental health, especially now given COVID and everything else happening where we're all cooped up? Yeah, so uh, you're rightly so, you know, and I'll address the pandemic uh, question in a minute. Uh, but as we all know, you know, uh, mental health, especially in 
women has to be treated differently, right? It's not one population size that fits all. There is a very clear mind-body connect more than any other population like men and children than women. Women go through different phases in their life. You know, I call it like circle of life. And in every phase, there is clear documentation, evidence, ton of research that has been done that talks about hormonal and hormonal impact on mental health of women, right? On top of that, we all know that the societal and environmental impact is even more profound on women as well, right? Poverty, unemployment, uh, you know, sexism, you know, these things impact women more than men. So they, they, they add to it, right? I mean, you know, the, the stigma, the cultural aspect. One thing which I have been stuck most is that no matter what socioeconomic strata or culture we are talking about, there are differences, but even in those cultures which are very um, educationally advanced and aware, right, versus where there is a higher degree of stigma, we think, you know, the, the challenges are still there. They happen in a slightly different flavor or form. This area needs special focus and attention and also needs to be dealt with in a different way uh, than just broader mental health. When it comes to women, what are a couple of key issues that you notice? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was, unfortunately, women by default put their health as the last thing, right? And when it comes to mental health, uh, you know, so one of the areas we are focusing on is postpartum depression. Uh, and we believe it's, one is it has impact on mom, it has impact on neonate, it has impact on the child's long-term health, and hence it has impact on the society at large, right? And what we found out that women after, think about a situation, we all have gone through that journey, right after delivery, they are not thinking about their own health. You know, their, their first focus is neonates health or infants health or the other children health or even you know oh my god I will not be able to take care of my two other kids how am I going to feed my family when I'm uh, you know recently delivered and now I have a newborn to take care of that's one of the biggest thing that we we need to educate and empower women to say that it's okay it's okay to think about yourself. This is not being selfish, you know, because if you are taking care of the entire family, first you need to take care of your own health. That's really important. That's great advice. On your journey to getting where you are today, did you have any naysayers or people who didn't believe in you? Y yes, uh, yes. Uh, you know, can I say I was myself the one who didn't believe in myself? You know, I think, I think the first barrier is, uh, no, trust me, like the first is, um, where I needed help was people who told me that you don't believe in yourself and you need to start believing in yourself, right? Before we start looking at people who don't believe in ourselves, I think we really need to pause, introspect and say, do we actually believe in ourselves? Because if you believe in yourself, half of the problem is solved, right? So it took me a while to even think that do I believe in myself that I can start my own company, right? I mean, you know, we, uh, I had a comfortable, like many of us, comfortable job, a lot of things taken care of. What is the need to take this extra pain and make it happen, right? And do I even believe that I can make it happen? But then I was, uh, you know, in coming times, I've been reading all this inspiring stories. And I said, you know what, I'll always keep on 
you know, and it's always good listening to other people's story and just wondering how they did it. Let me just fail. It's, it's okay. I mean, you know, but I need to have my own story, whether it's going to be a success story or failure, I'm not going to worry about it. And there were people who believed in me. So I think, I know I didn't answer your question, but before looking at others, my biggest barrier was believing in myself, which took me like two, three years actually to think about whether I believe in myself enough to take that leap. So you mentioned something very interesting, right? You had a cozy job and then you decided to take the leap and become an entrepreneur, right? Have your own company, which is definitely not an easy decision. So for our audiences out there who are at that stage where they're still, you know, thinking, should I do it? What would your advice be? Why should they do it or why should they wait either ways? Yeah, you know, for me, I'll tell you the way it was actually my son, you know, I was telling him all of these inspiring stories. And one day he said, what's your story? When are you going to do it? You keep on telling me, look at this person, uh, you know, look at this person. They are so successful. Are you planning to do something? And that was like, oh, wow. you know, I have not thought about it. I mean, I thought I was doing fairly OK, but probably not. You know, so I, uh, I think the biggest advice that I would give everyone is that, you know, um, for me, the inspiration was thinking about my own story. Again, as I said, failure or I was not thinking about outcome. I said, it's okay. Even if I fail, that's also a story, right? I can tell people what not to do. And that's, that's what, that's what, uh, you know, started my journey, you know. Very exciting. And you've been extremely successful. Yeah, so we, we have come out of stealth mode, like we have been working on it for three years now. Actually, the research even has been going on for five years. Uh, our company, Curio Digital Therapeutic, focuses on, as I said, uh, women's health and specifically women's mental health, right? And the, we have various indication. Uh, this is called software as a medical device. So it has FDA classification. We're going through FDA approvals and hoping to launch our first product sometime this year, Q3, Q4. Our first product is going to be focused on, as I said, postpartum depression. And then we plan to have other phases of life uh, as well. That is so exciting. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. We'll see. There's a lot to do, but you know, um, I'm, I'm glad we came out of stealth mode and finally talking about a launch this year. So getting here must have been a hard journey, right? Just some, what were some of the core values that really you held close and helped you get here? So that's that's a great question. Um, you know, yeah, yes, it was very hard. I mean, doubt and self-doubt. And, you know, with entrepreneur, there's one good day. Second day, there is it's a bad day, you know, so it's never a constant uh, every day is not the same, you know, uh, truly. So the core values that helped me was one main thing was uh, resilience. So just keep on doing right. Things don't happen overnight. It takes a while. Right. Um, another thing was that I did always think about the best case scenario and the worst case and prepare your mind for the worst case scenario. What if this will happen? So, my, uh, for example, when I started the journey, what will happen after if I'm not successful? I did time box it that I'm going to give myself two years to see where I am. I'll do a check. And I actually, from an accountability perspective, I asked my mentor that, you know, these are my goals would you keep me accountable that after two years we talk about it and see where we are so make sure you have your roadmap 
your goal, your own goal, your company's goal, and think about the worst case and the best case scenario. I also suggest people to seek out. One, another thing is that we have found we women are also very shy to ask for help, right? Don't be shy, right? I mean, seek people wherever. I, I mean, you know, I have gone out and it took me a while to break this barrier and go out and ask for help, like very directly. I need your help because I'm not good at this. Can you help me with that? Right. As a medical person, I was trained very well from a clinical perspective, but maybe not so well from a financial perspective. Right. So I went out and sought that help, uh, made a mentor and said, you know, just at least make me understand the basics of this, this, this. So uh, that's another thing. That's another core value. You know, make sure that you seek help and don't be don't be shy of addressing what you don't know and what you, uh, you know, don't know. Go out and seek your help. Surround with yourself with the, another value I would say is make sure you have people who tell you what's wrong, but more importantly, surround yourself with positive people, right? So I started restricting my circle to more positive people so that I'm not hearing negativity every day because there's no time. You know, there's as is so many ups and downs going on when you're launching a business. I just wanted to make sure that I, when I meet people, uh, I'm learning from them and they are radiating positivity that keeps me going rather than pulling me down so that's true negativity drains all of us absolutely. doesn't it? absolutely have you noticed women making certain kind of mistakes I think we restrict ourselves that we are a lot right I mean I don't I don't uh, I feel I've seen many times as an opportunity one advice that was given to me was whenever an opportunity comes, raise your hand, right? Don't be shy to accept and challenge, especially early on in your career. You know, don't don't start like, uh, you know, for as soon as, it, oh my God, like, let me think about, this is like two hours from the commute. Now I'm recently married, maybe, you know, I have to go away and I will be only home on the weekends. What's gonna happen? What will happen about the meals? those things follow, right? Have a plan. I'm not saying that, but I think before we think about the opportunity, we start thinking about the barriers that are holding us back, right? Uh, I feel that if the right opportunity comes, say yes. And then, you know, obviously you have to work with, on a plan with your partner, spouse, even if you're alone, you know, but those things can follow. Don't have that as the first thing that comes to your mind rather than thinking about the opportunity and where it's going to take. I'm South Asian, of course, uh, you know, with Indian origin. I think this is number one thing. And I feel it's even more in certain cultures, at least in my culture and my upbringing, you know, uh, that you think about other aspects before you think about the opportunity and where it's going to take you. And the second thing I would say is women deliberately don't network enough. You know, I can't emphasize on the power of networking, right? Seek out. There are too many people out there who are willing to help. That's another thing. We don't seek out naturally and network with other, other people. Men, women, doesn't matter. You know, you have to network, you know, go out and find people who can help you go, go forward. Like men have a lot of informal networks. Like they, they don't hesitate picking up the phone, asking, yeah. okay, what is this? How can I help? Women pretty much rely a lot more on formal networking platforms than actually just going out and making their informal networks. 
I think, you know, I fully agree. Like, you know, we, I don't know, it's the hesitation or maybe our brain is uh, structured that way that if it's not structured, it doesn't work for me. I'm a very regimented person, you know, so if, if uh, six o'clock is coffee, the coffee machine has to go on six o'clock. And then if it's not, then everything falls apart that entire day. So I think maybe it is wiring, which is good and bad both, I think, right? But uh, again, to your point, I, I fully agree with that. But you know, uh, I'll give an example. This COVID has been bad in many ways, you know, many, many ways. But one thing which has happened, it mean, I didn't travel enough, you know, and many of us didn't. What it did was I gave me opportunity an entire last summer and I would make it a point. This was an advice given to me by my one of my male mentors, right? You got to meet two new people, you know, every two weeks. So one person every week. And he would check on me. Who did you make your connect with this time? So what I did was this whole summer, uh, either I was meeting someone or somebody wanted to meet me, right? By, but I opened myself since I was not traveling for a coffee. So I cleared my Friday calendar to make sure that if I have to meet someone, I'll just have coffee in Princeton downtown or somewhere, you know? So I think there are many ways to do it. Um, another thing I've started doing it, Saturday morning, my, my family likes to sleep in, you know, so Saturday morning, I go on a walk with some, some one new person, you know, or, or somebody who I know through someone and I have been wanting to know that person or learn from that person. Again, a beautiful way. It's just like, get your Snickers, go for a walk. If that person is a walking person, have a cup of coffee. And by the time my family is up at 10, I'm home, you know, so I think there are enough opportunities. And, you know, I would say, use those. Why not? Like everybody likes to have a cup of coffee. And when we all are restricted in many ways for big social gatherings, I've seen people are more open to those kind of things to find an opportunity to go out and meet new people. You know, talking about the walks, if you had to choose and you got a pick of any two people in the world, you could go out for a walk with, who would they be and why? I think one would be my mom. <laughs> you know, naturally, I've been uh, very influenced by, by my mom. So, you know, um, the the Princeton cold has not helped her uh, in many ways. So it, uh, one would be her. And I'm thinking one another person. Uh, probably I'll, um, you know, pick... Um, Probably I would like to go with maybe in today's time, maybe Kamala Harris. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm always inspired by women who, uh, you know, didn't have worked against the adversity and became what, and she is a role model, you know, in a very, very true way. So probably, probably Kamala Harris, why not? Have you seen things change a little bit now that we have a woman vice president, which never happened before? Do you think the society as such or general mindset had changed a little bit after, you know, the swearing in ceremony and now she's the vice president. Yeah, I think change was happening for last few years, right, with all of this Me Too movement and many more things that have been happening. Uh, so, um, and hers was, as we call, like a, a perfect moment, a tipping point to some degree. Uh, so yes, it has. I won't say that it. she was the point where it happened uh, pre and post era, if I may have to say, but definitely there was. They have been trend in last few years 
to see that change, right? Uh, last few years, uh, I'm in healthcare. I know you are in, in healthcare as well. We have seen so many female CEOs for the first time in the healthcare industry. Uh, you know, we are seeing difference in the financial world, right? Um, it is also very interesting. Um, I'm not pitching about women's health to all male VCs. You know, I am seeing some specific funds for women, which is interesting because it was kind of odd, like, you know, everywhere I went and these are all like middle-aged, you know, homogeneous looking people. And I'm like, hmm, I'm here to talk about this cultural disparity and socioeconomic factors and women's health. And let me see how many can even relate to that. Like, so, you know, so, so yeah, things are changing, you know, at least I'm finding people like me on the other side, which is a really good thing. Uh, but I won't say it's, it's, so yes, I mean, it has more focus. I won't say it's the, it, this was the beginning. And um, I just, one advice I tell all of my female colleagues and everyone around me that, Let's make sure we make the maximum of it, right? Because this is a wave. We need to make sure that this wave ends in something positive and then sets the tone forever. And we don't have to ever say that, oh, the glass ceiling has been broken. You know, it, it should be shattered for once and we all get a plain level field. So next couple of years are going to be pretty important uh, how these things shape up. You mentioned a couple of people so far, but anybody else who's been your role model growing up yeah, actually, I do want to, you know, um, I want to do some philanthropy, uh, you know, hopefully I, I am involved, but more, more and more. So I have been very, very impressed by Mother Teresa, of course, many of us has been uh, the, the feeling of giving, you know, and what she has done, uh, something which I have always found more profound is somebody who comes is not from that country and comes and adopts that takes a lot right and then you know uh, so yes she has been my role model from that perspective in many ways um, actually I've been very impressed by uh, Angela Merkel you know she's also my role model I, I think uh, you know think about how many years she has perfectly you know uh, led a company so these are some of the women who I look upon you know I I, I um, saw um, Mary Curie's story and you know I've been uh, very very impressed by her of course you know uh, more impressed by her husband too because I don't know how many of you know he was offered a Nobel Prize and he said no 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 it can't be me alone uh, you know because my wife was equal contributor to this and at the, though in those days having women scientists was not something which was very no very uh, normal or profound so uh, yeah, few few of very strong women, men too, I think. But yeah, these. So they always say, right? Behind every successful man, there is a woman, and I feel behind every successful woman, there is also a man or a mentor. Who has that person been? Your solid rock. Oh, my solid rock. Actually, my my husband, my dad, and my son. I I learn every day from my son. You believe it or not, he's the one who is who has no filters and he'll give me like, he's only 15, but you know, many things that says is like, uh, has hit me. I mean, you know, many times he has corrected me that, oh, I thought you are a true feminist, but then why did you do that? Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, so some, uh, so he uh, he's there. And my, my husband who has really supported me all through, this would not have happened. Uh, you know, um, I, I had my child and within like months I was traveling Monday to Thursday and he was he thankfully had a local job and he was the one who was taking care of the house 
family and everything at that time. I mean, we had a lot of help, uh, you know, and that was one thing which we focused on getting the right help at the right time so that the operations of the family happen while we both are looking at our profession. But he has been very supportive throughout this journey. And my dad, I mean, my dad pushed me. I mean, I was the first child, but he pushed me. Uh, I'll give you an example. Like when I had, when I expressed a desire to learn how to drive a car, the first thing he told me in those days, we had those old Fiat, you had to check the oil and gas and all those things. So his first thing was, okay, for the next one month, every morning you are going to check everything. So I would open up the bonnet. I was in 11th grade. I'll check oil. I'll check if everything was there. Uh, he even made me go beneath the car and check all the parts. And they said, okay, now you're ready. Now you can have some driving lessons. So I think my dad had always pushed me and you know never made me feel that, okay, you are a girl. So you, this is what you cannot do. And this is something that you can do. So very fortunate, right? To have such solid support Absolutely. for women who want to be leaders like you, what would your advice be? I think I'll go back to what I said, like, first of all, like discover what you want to do. I mean, it really does not. Um, when I left my corporate job, my husband told me to go away. And I did. I went to India and I went to a few places alone. Uh, not, not, you know, I couldn't take like months and months. It was not like a six month sabbatical, but I was just trying to figure out like what exactly I want to do. So 15 days without thinking about the environment I'm in, what I want to be, right? So that's number one thing. You need to figure out what you want to do, right? Then come up with a plan, but then seek help seek help. I can't, you cannot do it alone, you know, and there is nothing wrong in asking for advice and help all through this process, right? Be very, 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 very open about it. Again, when I had my child, first child, I was still traveling uh, and I was traveling like crazy. I was one day here in US, I was in Singapore. Another day I was in Abu Dhabi, like it was like serious travel gone, but go out and have a plan. I, we made a plan you know, there were compromises to be done. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, one balance was whether to have a full-time nanny or whether to have two vacations. So we said, okay, we don't need two vacations, luxury vacations at this time. Let's compromise on that. Having a nanny full-time is more important, right? So make sure you have a plan, seek help, uh, you know, engage people who are around you in your journey. That's it. That, that's one thing which I would say. And things happen. Well, thank you so much for being here and all the best with your launch. Um, amazing company, amazing concept. So we can just wait to see you succeed. Thanks, Divya, and good luck to everyone out there. You know, uh, thank you so much for having me.